Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like, what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priests to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other. And we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us and enjoy the show. You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Are you ready to geek out? Do you smell what the geek is cooking? Man, for the two people who are listening to this right now who bounced off, I apologize. For those who are still with us, I'm really glad that you're here because I've been wanting to do this episode for a very, very, very long time. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. Tonight, we are going to talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's graphic novel, Do a Powerbomb. And so if you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of comics, uh, and you're a fan of both of them, then this book is for you. And I've been wanting to uh, hang out and talk about this book for a long time. It has theological implications. Uh, it has power. It has action. It has drama. I even had a, like a little tear uh, in my eye uh, when I read this for the first time. Uh, I collected it in single issues, and then I had to go out and buy the graphic novel as a whole so I could sit down and read it all the way through once again. And I have some friends. And I said, if I ever talk about this uh, on a podcast or on a YouTube live stream, I said, there's, there's three guys that I want to bring on this because because they're they're fans of wrestling or fans of comics or fan of both. And so I can't do this episode alone. I'm going to bring them on and uh, we're going to we're going to rumble. We're we're going to we're going to have a, a cage match. We're a tag team partners in this discussion of do a powerbomb. First up, I'm going to bring up my friend, Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing? Brandon is an original Systematic Ecology host, uh, did some other things, and then uh, we, we bring him back on for things that we know that he geeks out on. He's also the host of My Seminary Life, which is a podcast in the Anazal Network, and so you need to hop over there and listen to that if, if you're interested. And uh, Brandon, I know he's a comic book fan. I know he's a wrestling mm -hmm. fan. Uh, Brandon, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I, I enjoyed your intro. I now know how far your wrestling knowledge goes because you did throw uh, a rock, the, one of the rock in there. So I know, I know, you know, the rock, everybody knows Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah. good to be here. I'm excited to talk about this book. I'm excited to talk about wrestling. I think if there was ever any geekdoms that, you know, those Venn diagrams with the circles, if there yeah. was ever one that really intersects i think it's wrestling and comic books and dragon ball z they all kind of meet up right in the middle yeah. 
Oh yeah, here we go. You did it. You did it. Brandon, I'm I'm proud of you. I yeah, I, I agree. My my wrestling knowledge goes back to the 1900s. And uh, I, I did. I was a fan of wrestling in the 1980s and the 90s. That's going to be my references. Uh, another guy who's who's up to date. He's kind of like uh, the Gen Z of wrestling. No, I think he's a millennial. I don't know. I don't like labels. I think does he? My friend Josh, the host of Rethinking Faith. We duped him into talking about a comic book on another podcast. And I know he's a wrestling fan. I said, guess what? I'm going to bring you on when we're talking about a graphic novel about wrestling and comics. Uh, I was on his podcast not that long ago uh, to talk about the both and of uh, life and faith in theology. So, yeah, you can do faith and science. Yeah, you can do geek stuff and be a person of faith. And we talked about that. And so I said, man, you got to come on Systematic Ecology and hang with us. Uh, Josh, how are you doing? Are you hyped? Are you? What's your intro music right now as you wait backstage ready to run into the ring? <laughs> well, so I guess since I'm wearing a Sami Zayn shirt, I'll go with okay. uh, Worlds Apart, which is oh, a, a really good song. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nailed it. So a little bit of sky action up in here. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, yeah, I have loved wrestling for a hot second <laughs> and um, it's not something I normally talk about yeah. <laughs> on Rethinking Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited for the opportunity to bring together two things that I love, uh, professional wrestling and uh theology philosophy faith you know whatever you want to whatever labels you're comfortable with ah i love that okay a guy who's beyond labels we got to bring him on board the anchor to the tag team there he is (laughs) ryan does oh man there there he goes ryan is the host of across the bifrost he is uh the many paths network umbrella that holds superpower half yeah. hour that we workshopped in my car on the way back from the beach at theology oh, camp oh yeah camp. oh and, yeah and and also one of my favorite podcasts that's out there today is called what's your issue where he talks about create talks with creators in the comic book business in the game and gets them to talk about uh their favorite comic and what how they how the sausage is made with the comic <laughs> You know, Will, that's the easiest sales pitch to a comic book creator. I just like, I'll just, you know, message them up, be like, hey, you might want to show us how the sausage gets made. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, I'm uh, a vegan. They're like, I'm a vegan, Ryan. Can you, I'm highly offended. I'm not, not coming. Ryan, I am really excited. We are, we are both bonded over how much we love Daniel Warren Johnson and his work. Yes. And I know they're a huge wrestling fan. So I was not allowed. I did not allow myself to talk about this with anybody else but you and oh. so i'm glad that you're here and um i know that you're now a guest on my podcast me not on yours so you yeah, can do nuts. puns you can you can uh uh give me a hard time you can make jokes that i'm gonna roll my eyes out because that's usually what i do on yours so um we've really come full circle william we've we really come full have. circle <laughs> and folks he calls me william a lot in case in case you want to i do i don't even know where that started i know it's like all right why K-Rose. that started I'm like, oh, all Josh, right, K-Rose, am I in trouble? Weird. Am I in trouble, K-Rose? Uh, well, we're glad that you are all here. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's who we are. I, I'm going to go around the horn here, and I'm very uh, kind of curious about 
uh, your relationship with wrestling and with comics or, or both. And again, we, we don't want this to be like super long. You may have a lifelong relationship with wrestling. We don't want to hear your deep cut of the tag team partner of 2013 who won the middleweight championship at a, a, a I don't know, wrestle wrestle um bomb house i don't know i'm just trying to think of something <laughs> quick we have to use that one we're going to do our own sg wrestling show wrestle bomb whatever the heck he just said that's going to be the name of the event so so let's let's go with josh, josh, josh. number one <laughs> I, I tried to avoid wrestlemania because that's the only one i know and what most people know but you know whatever josh what's your relationship <laughs> to wrestling and the comics i'm especially especially i'm curious about your relationship with comics. <laughs> Yeah, so my relationship with comic books is not a lot. <laughs> I um, didn't like read too many comic books growing up and stuff. Um, I mean, you know, I do remember some things that are close, but definitely are, are not comic books. Like, you know, when I was in elementary school, I did like the Captain Underpants thing, um, which has like oh, yeah. comic book pictures. type slides. Pictures. Um, it does have pictures. Uh, I remember like I had the comic book Bible, uh, when I was a kid where it's like a Bible comic book. So there was that, um, that was awkward though. Cause like Jesus is white in it and I don't, know. It's, uh, <laughs> um, Bummer. yeah, so like, not, not too much, I, <laughs> not too much. It's like comic books are like, I've seen it on like Marvel movies or something. Um, right. but I'm a bat, I'm a Batman fan. So that's, you know, my favorite superhero is Batman. So I guess I should look at some Batman comics. Oh, uh, but wrestling. I have, oh, I have a suggestion. Have some good too. ones. I got some good ones. There's a good theology one too, like Theology and Jury and Justice, uh, Cold Days by Tom King and oh, uh, Lee Weeks. Oh, so freaking good. Shocker that, that you recommended time. a Tom King book. I was very the same thing. I was very the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't so know comics. who that is. Um, you so also discussed a comic though on another podcast. I did. Two of them. Yeah. I did um, Iron Man. And uh -huh. Aquaman on uh, the Superpower Happy Hour with Ryan. You did. Um, which I felt like I didn't bring much to that conversation. Maybe colored oh, commentary. Oh, You um, were amazing. Just like goofy, <laughs> like silly stuff. Like I basically made fun of things, which made me feel kind of bad. That's uh, kind but of what I liked Superpower it. Happy Hour is about. It was fun. Bingo. <laughs> so, <laughs> to do that. And then wrestling, though, I've had a deeper, a deeper relationship, a deeper personal relationship with wrestling um ever since i was young you know and middle school definitely elementary school you know watched it on tv played the video games um i had action figures i would like steal food coloring out of my parents um kitchen cabinet to like use his blood on my action figures and so i did, like i was in deep and um yeah, I, you said not to be long but I, i'll end with this you never forget as uh in like fifth or sixth grade my dad took me to see friday night smackdown and it was the first time I saw The Undertaker um, oh. appear live. When the stadium went pitch black, where I couldn't see my hand in front of my mm. face, and that gong resounds, and you can feel it in your chest, and the <laughs> fire, you can feel the fire as if it's like in your face, uh -huh. you will never, ever, ever forget that moment. So um, I was hooked for life. Josh, oh, nice. was, I still was watch Teddy it today. Long I still there? watch it today. Teddy Long was there. 
Oh man, I'm jealous. You're gonna go one on one with the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. I knew they start name drop. I knew it. That's okay. That's you why we literally we're here. asked us to talk about our favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. I see you're about to jump out of your seat. I was like, um, I was like, I but, dare you to ask me about comics yeah, yeah. and wrestling. What's, what's your relationship to wrestling and comics and together or apart? Or what came first? Comics or wrestling? Uh wrestling came first. Okay. Um, because, uh, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, so we didn't have comic book stores, but my brother had a DVD set of WrestleMania 19 that I watched on repeat. I have seen Brock Lesnar miss that shooting star press yes. about a thousand <laughs> times. And I was like, I, I fell in love with Kurt Angle, with Brock Lesnar, the undertaker. Um, but my, like my, you know, the traditional Undertaker music the, the, is the horn. Yeah. Um, but I, I on that show, I fell in love with two wrestlers, uh, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. And that was like post back injury, you know, met Jesus Shawn Michaels. So I didn't even know bad, about bad boy Shawn Michaels. I thought he was always a great guy. Uh, I didn't even know what the suck it chant was, you know, until uh, a few years after that. But I remember, um, yeah, falling in love with wrestling because of the, the stories, the theatrics of it. A lot of what we're going to talk about and do a powerbomb, um, the emotions of it, the passion of it, the, the energy. Um, but I do remember uh, the, you know, that was like old wrestling at that point. It was a few years um, he before uh, the live stuff. Okay. We'll talk about Ric Flair later. Well, I promise. <laughs> um, woo! But I remember uh, my mom had, had kind of like, she didn't really want me to watch pro wrestling, but my older brother loved pro wrestling. So I was like, well, I'm going to like sneak, you know, I hope she can't hear this right now. Um, but I'm going to, uh, she, she had said like, you know, I'd really prefer you not watch that. But I snuck out, you know, to watch Monday Night Raw so many different times. And I remember the first time I watched Monday Night Raw, I saw Jeff Hardy hit a swanton bomb off the jumbotron. And I was like, yeah, this is probably going to stick for life. Uh, so, yeah. So wrestling has, you know, I've, di I've dipped in and out of it. You know, it's crazy how little wrestling you watch when you get a girlfriend. But now I, you know, I love wrestling. I talk to Josh almost daily about wrestling. Uh, so, um, yeah, wrestling, awesome. Comics came a little bit later. When I moved off to college, there was a comic book store down the street. So I started picking up. Issues of Thor. Thor uh, is one of my great comic book love. Uh, people have checked out my shows before. They kind of know that. Uh, so uh, with comics, I started reading Thor comics because it combined two of my other loves, uh, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And I was like, man, this guy's kind of my guy um, because he's fantasy, space, all that. So I picked up Thor comics and Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all that stuff. So I've been reading comics for the last, you know, 10 plus years and haven't looked back, man. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. And and you do a lot of work on your own podcast, going through comics and issues. And you're doing first appearances now, going back to comics in the 1940s to uh, to ask, are I they good it. or not? Um, and and it's been it. a, it's been a it's been a lot of a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and we we talk comics like that's so good. Great, great testimony. All right, Brandon, relationship. I know you me. I know you personally, so I know you like comics. I know you like wrestling. Which came first? And uh, what what uh what what's your relationship to both these? Um, entities of media that express story 
So before I answer that, you know how a few months ago there was that trend of like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Ryan, Jeff Hardy doing that swanton, I think about it every day of my life. It lives rent-free every day. You know what, Brandon? Screw the Roman Empire. I've never thought about the Roman Empire. I think I think about a different Roman Empire when I think about the Roman Empire. I think about the bloodline, baby. It's been a good story. So for me, when it comes to uh, wrestling and comics and also my faith, I don't know which came first. They have always just kind of been there for me. I have very faint memories of the er, or excuse me, of the late 90s watching WCW Nitro with my dad. I was a, a you guys or I think Ryan Preach. talked about Ryan talked about like not knowing uh douchebag Shawn michaels i don't know good guy hulk hogan i don't know why hulk, <laughs> hulk hogan was a bad guy like like obviously i've gone back and seen i get that reference yellow. i get that reference i get that okay reference. good i don't know good guy <laughs> i don't know good guy i know nwo hulk hogan um I guess this does but ask the bigger question of was there ever a good guy Hulk Hogan? But that's a different podcast. <laughs> oh, um, Brandon, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> we don't have time. Thank you, you John Mulaney. Um, so, <laughs> but along with that, like I was, I mean, I had really early on in my life comic books, like even before I could read, my dad used to go to comic cons and bring me back like the freebie stuff. You know, I have the first appearance of Batman Beyond. I've had it since like it came out and it's, you know, as a small child, like it's not in great condition now, but it's like, that's a pretty valuable book. And I got it for free, like when I was five or something. And right around that same time is also when like I came to faith in Jesus. So this has all just been like a swirling pool for me the whole time. Got out of wrestling a little bit there in the early 2000s. Same kind of thing. My mom was like, yeah, I don't want you watching Undertaker trying to marry Stephanie McMahon and then <laughs> Triple H. And Yeah, not going to she wasn't cool with all this stuff, um, but got back into it right around 2008 and was a total TNA kid. So I'm very excited right now because TNA is back. My first wrestling show was a TNA uh, house show. Main event was RVD, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. Oh! Three of them against each other. Ooh, I just Dude, got Ryan to pop. I know. Ryan, Ryan um, just turned out of his chair for the that, that, popped the, that popped the boys, Brandon. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, just like Josh, favorite superhero is Batman. And I can also give you some Batman recommendations as well. So love it, love it, love it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, people who are friends of mine and uh, listen to the show know that I'm a, a big comic book nerd and, and love comics. They've been a part of my literacy ever since I was really little. I There was a little window where I did like wrestling uh, from the 80s and, and 90s. Yeah. Ric Flair, the four horsemen. Woo! Yeah. Woo! somebody um, has to do it <laughs> somebody has to do it my 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 uncle lived in the same neighborhood as rick flair and charlotte there for a while and we oh, would nice. drive by to see if we could see rick flair uh checking his mail or whatever but uh um so in so yeah and i definitely it's, at eight in, in the speedo <laughs> oh yeah yeah he definitely yeah in the glasses and everything you know all, all like things um but yeah yeah the figure four that 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 is that is uh in great i used to put my little brother into the figure four and then i would let nice. him let me put in the figure four and then i'd flip it on him and reverse it oh this. there we go boom yeah i would did uh, you ever I mean, do the bridge but are um, you charlotte flair 
that's the, the, that's the question is where it's at, brother. <laughs> Probably Charlotte. That's, oh, Charlotte Flair, born in Charlotte. I get it now. I get it. You get um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It's going to be like walking Will worlds. across the street tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> these two worlds come together in Daniel Warren Johnson's Do a Powerbomb. Uh, it's also no secret that I'm a huge fan of Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with comics as much, usually you have a whole team of people that that uh, are part of the creative team of a comic. Like you have the artist, you have the inkers, you have the colors, you have the letterers, you have an editor, you have all these things. A lot of Daniel Warren Johnson's work is he's doing all of that, except maybe the colors. I think uh, Mike Spicer, uh, helps Spicer, him do, yeah. uh, makes him do or or helps him do the colors in, in his book but the lettering the art the script um creator owned stuff he's worked for marvel and dc just a list of a couple of things he's worked on extremity is kind of where he broke into the scene uh with a book called extremity and then murder falcon uh where if you like this book and wrestling and comics come together he did the same thing with Boy, heavy yeah. metal and uh, it is an incredible book. Again, another movie big book. When you get to the end, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm moved by by this crazy uh, heavy metal book. Um, he did Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, um, and then, of course, do a powerbomb. And now he's currently working on Transformers uh, oh. over with uh, – Robert Kirkman and Skybound and merging oh. the Energon universe with GI so Joe good. and Transformers and it's, it is not the the Saturday morning cartoon. It, it is uh, very similar art to what we read in Do a Powerbomb and yeah. uh, the people die in it. So uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> spoiler. Um, I was able to fortunate to go this past summer to HeroCon in Charlotte and stand in line and wait for an autograph and to tell him how much I enjoyed his work. And uh, by the time I got to the front of the line, uh, he had to go do a panel. Uh, and so, <laughs> so, but the friend in front of me, but my friend in front of me, Lee, uh, who's also a, a um, has hopes of being publishing his own comics at some point in the future and an artist. He he was there. And before he left, before Daniel, I said, hey, it's Lee. And I wasn't lying. I was like, it's, it's Lee's birthday. Can you sign his book? And, um, and he was like, sure. And I, so I handed Lee my book as well. So he signed both books. <laughs> so, <laughs> issue seven of Do a Powerbomb. So he signed two books, got it back. And uh, there you go. He was nice enough for that. Super friendly guy. I follow him on Instagram. I can't gush enough about this dude's work and his what he brings to the comic book game. Um, I, um, th as we talk about do a power bomb, uh, there will be spoilers. We're going to talk about this book in the end and that kind of thing. If you don't want to hear, I'm going to read it for yourself. Be be uh, pull on your heartstrings. Um, then then go read it and then come back to this this episode. But yeah, so there will there will be spoilers. Uh, so that's we'll uh, what okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, um, yeah. Anything I'm forgetting about Daniel Warren Johnson? Um, I know we're we're super fans, and uh, here's the thing: like, what what I love about Daniel Warren Johnson is I, I've never been fortunate enough, like Will, to meet the man in person. He just seems like um like a comic book fan's comic creator. Yeah, like he he writes and draws things that people legitimately love. And what what's so great about the way he creates stories is there's so much action. There's so yeah. much velocity to his art. There's so much kinetic energy, mm -hmm. but he, he does this 50, 50 where it's a complete thrill ride that also pulls on your heartstrings. A lot of, a lot of comic creators I've found they, they, they thrive in one, they one world. 
It's like, oh, this is a really great action comic. And it's a lot of, you know, uh, really fantastic fights and big battles. Or it's a really like small kind of intimate story. DWJ does both and executes them to perfection. And I get it why he's in such high demand. Like his comics are, his comics are pieces of artwork and storytelling gold that decades from now people will be like oh my gosh how have you never read a daniel warren johnson comic um yeah things like that um i also love that in that story will you are a crafty preacher man where you're like hey hey my buddy needs his comic signs and you're just like also will's gonna <laughs> <sign in>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> issue seven of do a power bomb man. right there on the cover dwj will's right on the cover will's secret superpower is his charm everybody his yeah. charm. even your friend's birthday <laughs> that could be my <laughs> called the charm and i just like charm you up and then i don't know i was just thinking of how i'm gonna knock somebody out in wrestling you know with the charm uh yeah um, <laughs> the I, and it's, I would be a, i would be a miss as well to talk about his work on beta Ray Bill. Oh, uh, I didn't even Star. mention that. He worked for Marvel and one of my favorite yeah. uh, uh, Thor slash uh, characters can hold his own. Um, it is fantastic. That's another book that is, yeah. is absolutely uh, incredible. If you like giant guns and giant swords in space, go read his Beta Ray Bill comic. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, I mean, it's I, like... I tell you, <laughs> You will not I've heard be. that's a really good series. I haven't read it yet, but it's, I've heard I mean, it's really five good. issues that grab okay. you by the whatever, and they just don't <laughs> let go. By the whatever. Wow, wow, we wow. Wow, Hey guys, Christian here to talk about our Captivate options. That's when you send us a little extra money to just help us along with our projects. But what do you get? By giving us that extra money, well, you have access to any future online D&D campaigns. You get extra bonus question content, which we do at least 48 times a month. You can make a one-time donation here of any amount to help support the show. This helps us with our overhead. That includes the editing software that we use, the recording software that we use, the marketing that we have to do for the show, the equipment that we all need to to help out with the show, and more. So thank you for what you do. Head out to Captivate. Help us out. We really appreciate what you do. See you later. So I'm going to do things a little different. Before we get into the book itself, I do want to go around the horn and share with me, like, you you just finished, you put the book down, you finished it. What is your first impression? A a one or two sentence, uh, this is my hot take on this book. Um, And and what, how would you articulate your your thoughts on it? Uh, Brain, I'm going to go with you first. Well, I just put it down for the very first time this afternoon. It was my Mm -hmm. first read. And... uh, Dang, I'm already past two sentences. Um, <laughs> I would say this. You blew it. I blew it. What assignment? I would say this. Jabroni out of here. <laughs> um, this. I'm pretty sure this is my first DWJ book, and uh, kudos to him. Good writing, good art. There are some guys who are great at the writing, shouldn't do the art, and then there are some guys who can do the art, maybe not the writing, and then somewhere in the middle is Rob Liefeld. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, where's the air horn? I can't find it. Oh man, um, there it is. There it is. I, very cheap quick, pop, Brandon. Cheap pop, <laughs> yeah. um, or maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. There you go. All right, good, good, good. Yeah, 
I'll give you one more sentence, Brandon. Finish yeah. your thought. Yeah, yeah. So here's my hot take about the book. It's New Japan Pro Wrestling meets Lucha Underground. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Liked it. All right. Good, good, good. Josh, um, I, I think Ryan, uh, he's going to have to wait. Let him simmer down just, just a little bit. Josh, what you just, we, I made you read this. Um, well, I lured you. I, I encourage you to read this, uh, this graphic novel. You just put it down. You finished it. What, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What did, what did Will make me do? Or what, did, what do you think about this story? Yeah, it's an existential tale of love and loss. And uh, I really liked it. Um, It captures, I think what it does, one thing it does super well is it captures the heart and the essence of professional wrestling. Um, It has the like over the top, larger than life, like in your face, exciting, uh, you know, kind of vibe to it on every page. And as someone who has ADHD, um, it, (laughs) (laughs) it kept me interested the entire time um nice because of all the wonderful pretty pictures and you know the excitement so i really enjoyed it uh but yeah i'll short short summary is uh, an existential tale of love and loss uh that definitely tugs on tugs on them heartstrings yeah i love that that's that's good yeah i i do think i i do like reading uh, books and novels and uh, fiction and nonfiction and theology books and philosophy books. But man, I, my go-to is comics, probably because I have ADHD, never been di- uh, diagnosed. But but yeah, the, the pictures and the words and the word bubbles and the movement from one page to the other, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and I will see Eric chimed in as he's streaming in and watching Eric, friend who's also been on Superpower Happy Hour. Um, he, he said his mini Betty, Beta Ray Bill book was uh, the book of the year for him. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't forget about that. I did not see your comment first. Eric, I remembered it. I'm proud of myself. Uh, but yeah, thanks for chiming in. That's good. So, um, all right, Ryan, uh, you had to sum this okay. up in a, in a couple of sentences. What are, what are you going to say? I got this. I think. Um, so I would say um, this is a beautifully brutal, no holds barred, between the ropes masterpiece about death, hope, and headlocks. Oh man, look at that. Someone, someone's- That was scripted. That was (laughs) pre-written. No, that was a promo (laughs) in the ring off the dome, brother. As John Cena once said, that's, I don't need my promo on my wrist, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, these are tattoos, not promos, come on. Oh, okay. Uh, good. Well said guys. Yeah. I, I, you know, being a fan of Daniel Warren Johnson and knowing this book was coming out and every, you know, for, for those who don't know, every Wednesday is new comic book day. You can go to the comic book store and pick up, uh, your, your fresh comics in your pull list. And, but comics usually come out once a month or by, by monthly, every couple of weeks, sometimes longer if the person's, um, you know, slow with their art and writing. Um, but this came out, um, every month and, and single issues I had to wait. Not not just sit and read it in one sitting, uh, but wait for each issue. And man, I I loved it. Every issue came out. I couldn't wait for the next one. It was at the top of my stack every single time. So, so for me, 
Yeah, it is. It is an action packed, brutal, bloody uh, drama tale of of love and loss and grief and uh, asking the big questions of, um, yeah, is it is it worth it to love um, because it's only going to hurt you or or wow, um, at death, uh, love is a risky thing because we're all mortal and, and we're most likely all of us are going to lose someone we love to death or, or something else at some point in our lives. And so how do we wrestle with that grief? Um, and spoiler also, uh, there's a big character. There's a big divine character that shows up in this book at the end. And uh, yeah, if, if you go it's back and you read Thor. It's not Thor. It's not Beta Ray Bill. It's not Odin. You're right. It's 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 Brock Lesnar. (laughs) But go back and read. As you you finish this book, go back and read Genesis chapter 32 of Jacob wrestling with the angel. And uh, yeah, uh, the whole story about Jacob is wrestling with his family and his purpose. And as he wrestles with the divine, uh, he leaves transformed and with a limp. Um, And so, and his name is changed to something different. So transformation happens. And in fact, Israel's name means wrestles with God. So if if people think that questions aren't important or that, wow, I'm wrestling with my faith, I'm wrestling with God, I'm wrestling with love, guess what? It's biblical um, to wrestle with those things. Is super, super important because you will come out a changed person at the end of things. So there's my little sermon for the day. I want to read. I got the graphic novel and I wanted to read this in closing pa- paragraph that Daniel Warren Johnson oh. about um, wrestling about comics. I think it sums up all this. So hang in there with me, folks. All right. Daniel says. I could go on for a long time on why I love pro wrestling, the combination of real life sports with curated moments, the drama of seeing a person put their life on the line for a story. But honestly, if someone hasn't experienced wrestling intentionally, it's tough to explain why it's so great, which brings me to comics. I believe that comics are inherently an inviting art form. From memes to newspaper strips, we connect with images and words together immediately. It makes, in my opinion, the perfect platform to introduce someone to new ideas and worlds. It's one, it's one of the many reasons why I love comics so much. It's so easy to share my passion with other people. And sharing things that I love brings me so much joy. I did it with Murder Fountain, with Heavy Murder, found a Mur Falcon with Heavy Metal. And I'm doing it here too with pro wrestling. The goal is and always has been to invite people in no matter where they're at. So if you are into pro wrestling, welcome, old friends. And if you aren't into it, damn, I'm glad that you made it this far. Daniel Warren Johnson. And if you're not into it, then we've got two words for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where's the air horn, uh, Josh? There you go. There you go. All right. So yeah, that that's a kind of that, and that's a thirty minute setup to this book. But uh, we had to share a little bit about our relationship with with this medium, these two mediums of storytelling and drama, and uh, uh, scripted or unscripted or improv. All those things um, are part of part of this. And so uh, it, this this book was seven chapters or seven issues, uh, which is a little unconventional. Usually a graphic novel around six yeah. or maybe 12, uh, but he did it in seven. 
man, that's a biblical number too. Maybe he's throwing something out there on the seventh day. Completion. Oh, there you go. I did hear Daniel Warren Johnson on a podcast once talk about uh, his creative process and his notebooks and sketchbooks and all those things. And he said uh, he was in church one day and he scripted an idea on the church bulletin on the back. I don't know if this was it or not, uh, but I it do. Became I murder found church at one point. Um, I don't know if he's a church goer. It doesn't matter. No judging. I. Uh, it doesn't matter to me how much. Uh, uh, it doesn't change what I think of Daniel Warren Johnson, but the fact that he scribbled an idea on the back of a church bulletin, um, I'm sure people have done that in my church services or in uh, uh, when they're listening to my sermon, not taking notes, but just writing an idea they have for later on down the road in, in the week <laughs> or their grocery list. I don't know. Um, but but let's go by chapter by chapter and just kind of highlight um, what's going on with the story and to perhaps a panel or a piece of art that you're like, man, that that now that spoke to me. Uh, what's going on? Ryan, do you do you mind summarizing yeah. like the opening issue? You you do this well on your podcast. What what's happening there in, cool. in, in the first issue? OK, well, thank you, Will. Um, so we start off the story with uh, Yuya Steel Rose, who is the uh, the champion of the wrestling promotion at the at this point in the story and her daughter and husband are at a wrestling match her championship match where she is facing off against the vile villain cobra son who is mm. a masked wrestler and it is important that he has a mask it's very important to the story that he wears a mask yes. and throughout the course of this match they um they set up a a, a spot or a move um where cobra son slips on the ropes and Yuya is effectively mortally wounded. She later dies in the hospital because of this move going badly, which is something that happens in wrestling. Um, you know, there might be scripted moments, uh, but the action is real. Men and women have, you know, been seriously injured and some have even died in the ring before. So that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, as a result of this, we see a jump forward, I believe it's 10 years, where Yuya's daughter, Lona, is training to become a wrestler. She has an estranged relationship with her father because of how her mom died, and they don't talk to each other. No one will train her to become a wrestler. Nobody wants anything to do with her. Even her uncle doesn't want anything to do with her, and he has a wrestling promotion that he's running at that point. Um, so she's wrestling here and there, but she's not really not really making the most out of her talent. In walks the supernatural aspect of this comic where a yeah. necromancer, hang with me, everybody, a necromancer <laughs> comes from another dimension. And he says, hey, by the way, if you join my death life tournament for wrestling, I can help you get your mom back. And we're kind of left with that, like, she has to make a decision. She has to, you know, think through how is she going to answer this call to a very bizarre otherworldly thing. Uh, so that's kind of where we, we go in the first chapter of the, of the saga. Very nice. And, and yeah, the, this first issue just pulls on so much of, of uh, how quickly the story pulls you into care for these characters. Cause you see the love between the family and for the uncle and the, and they're like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it looks real and it looks painful. The stuff they're doing, you're like on the, each panel, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How can this uh, not be real? Of course they're feeling it. Um, and then, and then yeah, an accident happens. And so uh, this, this, uh, this daughter, Laura, 
Laura, Laura Lona, right? Wasn't it? Lona, I can't believe I forget. Um, Lona. Lona is like, yeah, would do anything to get her, get her mom back. And this kind of devil in the shadows uh, deal with the devil is like, Hey, I got an idea. And the first panel in the entire book is some mysterious guy clicking on a remote control to tell a television of what getting ready to watch this match is getting ready to happen with like skulls and old books and candles. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't look, uh, it's there. It's there to show you that uh, there's somebody watching that's, that doesn't look uh, all that, um, uh, wholesome and so so yeah you have these big splash pages of, of action but that's the deal that's going on brandon is there is there a p- particular part of this first chapter or a, or a panel that stands out for you well it is the uh introduction of the necromancer necroton or something like that yeah. he has a very necroton. simple name uh, willard willard my last yeah will will willard necromancer yeah it was that part so i mentioned earlier this is like new japan meets lucha underground the Dean Warren Johnson's like love for New Japan is pretty evident in this uh, throughout all of this book. But uh, Lucha Underground was this like show that was on like 2010s um, that was a little bit less sports entertainment and more conventional television show that also had wrestling in it. That might be the best way to tell to go with it. And so with that, there was like mobsters and a little bit of magic and superpowers and dragons and like a whole bunch of things. (laughs) So it was in with this part. It was when this character shows up. That's where I felt like it made this pivot to, okay, not how wrestling usually goes, but I've seen this before. It's also a comic book. So it works. You know, you can almost put anything in a comic book and it works. Um, so yeah, I would say that. So that's where I come at this with this whole like it's kind of a fan fiction point here. Of here's where uh, we get out of like the sports entertainment aspect and into the um, kind of like a different approach to wrestling. Also love the panel where Lona asks if they're going to win the tournament, and he's like, "Well, how would I know?" And come to find out here, and then in apparently every other planet in existence, we're the only ones where wrestling is fake. And <laughs> right. yeah, apparently, that, it's very real part. everywhere else. Everywhere yeah. else. <laughs> everywhere else in the multiverse, there is everywhere is real except for except for us. It says something about uh, um, our our planet, um, Joshua. Josh, what what is what what do you have here? What what's what jumped out to you this first chapter? You talked about it uh, really kind of pulling you in and and holding your attention. What what jumped out for you? Yeah, well, I mean, the you know, early on death always uh, has a way of sucking one into yeah. a storyline. Um, yeah. So it kind of pulls on your heartstrings right away, and and kind of it gets you on Lona's side very quickly. Uh, yeah. So Lona is set up as a baby face uh, rather immediately, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so just, you know, kind of echo what everyone else has said. But um, one of the panels that I, I really love and I don't um, I don't this couldn't have been intentional because timelines don't line up. But the very last page of this first section, um, the necromancer guy uh, is holding a championship belt. And to me, it's very reminiscent of um, a title belt that the WWE had when there was a character named Bray Wyatt. And he had a a version of himself that was called The Fiend. Um, And Mm. wrestling fans will know that Bray Wyatt passed away 
um, rather suddenly and unexpectedly at a very young age uh, recently within the last year, um, maybe even within the last six months. It's and, yeah, six months. Yeah. So um, which was really crazy. It was a it was a weird experience for me because normally I scoff at people who when like a celebrity dies and they post on Facebook how sad they are like, come on, you didn't know that person. <laughs> but right. um, the death of Bray Wyatt did something to me emotionally. Um, it touched me in, in a, a very, I don't know, strong and profound kind of way. And so that panel, you know, probably this is just my own projections, right? Uh, but that panel in my mind, uh, is pays a nice tribute to that. And so, um, nice. yeah, I mean, we were talking about death and there's, uh, bringing some real life. Yeah. That's important. I'm glad you shared that because that, that is like they, something about comics, you know, they, what we're drawn to in the art or, you know, there's a book or a movie that that has the big beats that are supposed to everyone's supposed to notice and hopefully move the the entire crowd. But there are there are small moments and small parts that uh, whether it's in a comic or a movie or in a song that they can often uh, draw you in or, or have something new. So that's that's not something I have a connection to. So you sharing that is a. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, really, really great. Um, yeah. So the first issue just really after that first issue is like, Oh, yep, I'm in uh, 100%. And so then here comes issue two and you get a little bit more of the background of uh, the evil manager. who's pulling the strings behind the scenes to, to make these matches happen. So whether it's Don King or, 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 or whoever it is that's pulling the strings to make this stuff happen, you get a little bit more, um, background this guy willard and uh it's almost like a lord of the rings kind of like uh big battle or or perhaps the devil or perhaps a war between the heavens of the multiverse and he keeps losing he's he makes no bones about it he loves power he loves he, he loves fame he loves all those things and so that's what he's going after but while he was exiled he was forced to watch uh kind of on his own on his own little island he discovered television and he discovered wrestling very similar to what daniel warren johnson uh share with us in the opening letter about him uh doing uh kind of baby duty of of uh rocking the baby to sleep and turning on the television i i myself also have a vivid memory of rocking hannah uh when she was a couple months old at three in the morning and turning on the tv and catching some old anime on on cartoon network i was like wow this is kind of cool uh so so those things happen and, and draw you in so um so yeah um josh this this particular um chapter an issue what what unfolds here what what's what's going on yeah so i'm <laughs> i'm like looking back over it yeah he's basically describing to to lona how he runs things how he loves power and i, I mean i love this panel come on because i freaking love wrestling yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. yeah in your face right it's great um, and essentially it just, it kind of carries on. There's like kind of a really cruel scene where the necromancer, um, kind of teases Lona by, I guess, like projecting some, uh, like hologram isn't quite the right word, but like some kind of representation of Lona's mom yep. that when she goes to hug, it just evaporates and disappears, mm -hmm. yep. uh, which, Seems you know, evil. there's one of those heartstring moments. Yeah. Kind of, um using her emotions against her to kind of draw her into his, you know, plan and plot. And then, um, it, you know, it continues to carry on. Uh, and uh, Lona ends up at a wrestling match uh, where we see Cobra Sun uh, going up against, uh, I forget his name, Let's see. 
Someone, summon the destroyer. Big, ugly yeah. looking friend. It's Kaneda. Kaneda <laughs> the destroyer. Kaneda. Kaneda the destroyer. And this match has all of my favorite things in it. It's a no disqualification hardcore match. Oh, we got barbed wire. We got steel chairs. We got her karanas. You know, there's a fork for some reason. Uh, it gets stabbed. Stab him. Uh, he's done. Tubes. Stab him. He's done. Stab him. Yeah, he's lighting tubes. The light tubes. I love you light know, tube spots. Light <laughs> Why? It's oh, I, dude, the excitement of the pop. It literally and right, the it, dust. It, and it's, you right, guys are deathmatch garbage, is what you. Yes, are. I am. That's what it is. <laughs> deathmatch, very deathmatch. That's homicide. I knew exactly what <laughs> you, that reference was. You take your that, CZW garbage and get it off this <laughs> decent <CW>. platform. <laughs> oh. And that that chest slap though, that panel right there, oh, like yeah, that captures great. professional wrestling. I mean, when you watch that happen and see the way handprints are in, imprinted in people's that, chest and you know your skin folds around someone's hand as you get whacked like it's that slap now. looks like it was delivered by the ring general Guter! yes absolutely and then uh i mean the you know the match ends in and ultimately ends up with the panel will makes his first appearance in the comic book <laughs> on the last page so. i am kerber son i am kerber yeah. that's gonna be will that's for those listening, for those listening, uh, Cobra Sun is is follically challenged, and so that's why the main reference <laughs> follically follically challenged. Uh, but that's right. kind of the reveal at the end is that you know I I when I was reading this I didn't necessarily see that coming. I don't know if you guys did. Any of you guys see that coming that that no. Jacob is going to be her dad, and that's why he's so guilt ridden. Um, you know, and so she's trying to get Cobra Sun to come be a part of this tournament because um, that that's what's gonna she she needs this. Um, and wants to go and and he's like no he's guilt ridden too and in this match is almost like you then realize that he's punishing himself for what happened and taking this mm -hmm. torture because he basically killed his wife by accident uh but of course he's back in the ring and getting pelted with like barbed wire um bats and those kinds of things because because he wants to feel the punishment because of the guilt and and grief that that he's carrying uh my favorite panel in this is a small little one it's a three three paneled um, there at the bottom where, where she goes, um, she says, she goes, but, but I'm going to win, right? Because pro wrestling is, is scripted. It's the outcome is predetermined. And then there's a silent panel where he's just staring at her. Uh, and all of a sudden he's busting <laughs> yes. out laughing. Good one, Lona Steel Rose. Talented and funny. I love it. Enough joking. Uh, one more thing to show you. So he's like, no, it's it's not scripted. It's not real. And that's the age old thing. It's like, yeah, it looks real. There's times there's the arguments among wrestling fans. Like, is it real? Is it not real? Of course it's real. I remember having that argument when I was a kid. Yeah, it's, it's real. And they're like, no, it's scripted. Um, but but the drama of all, whether it's scripted or not, you still know what's going to unfold. Most people don't, you know. And so yeah, I. I just love that panel because it captures kind of where pro wrestling is but then in this world it is real the the stakes are high um yeah there there's a sense of urgency but but yeah that's this is going to be a risky endeavor uh that's going to happen uh ryan anything in this in this second issue um oh, that jumps out of you i mean i josh already mentioned it but that last page reveal is so good and it's it just adds it immediately adds so much depth to a story that is two issues long at this point. Yeah, because what you do at that moment is you realize the implications of Jacob being Cobra's son and juxtaposing that with his in-ring persona 
and his out of the ring role as father and husband of a deceased wrestler. Um, mm. And obviously we, we flesh out his grief and his guilt later on in the story. Um, but that last page reveal is so good. Um, my favorite panel, oh. um, like I, I chastised uh, my fellow wrestling fans, I, you know, about deathmatch wrestling and hardcore stuff. I have to eat some of that, you know, back and then take it back a little bit because the the moment when uh, Canada, the destroyer, which, by the way, fantastic reference to a great move, the Canadian destroyer listeners. If you don't know what a Canadian destroyer is, just like actually here, do this. Go to YouTube and look up Christopher Daniels. Canadian destroyer. Oh, got to go with Christopher Daniels. Okay. I will go with Christopher Daniels on that one, but there's tons of people that pull off the move greatly. Um, but I love the panel where uh, Cobra's son has the fork jammed in his, in his pectoral muscle and Canada oh, yeah. hits him with the lighting tube from behind. I'm just like, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's quintessential Daniel Warren Johnson. The action moves it like it, it doesn't literally move, but as you're looking at it, you're just like, there is so much force and adrenaline to this artwork. And it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Well said. That's like, I knew I brought the right people on for this discussion. Brandon, <laughs> um, uh, what jumps out for you? The second, the second uh, chapter in the story. I'll be quick so we can keep going. So I also love the panel of the chest slap, like the, the yeah. detail. It's wonderful it's detail for that, for that. Um, <laughs> Go bouncing all off of the the big reveal that Cobra Sun mm-hmm. is her father. Along with that, you know, what we're going to see as the story continues to unfold is that this does have this is where the comic book writing blends so well with the with the pro wrestling pro wrestling storytelling because every issue has like a swerve moment. Just about every issue has some type of this reveal that you didn't necessarily see coming. They mm. worked you. You know, one of these, I think it's a bit, I think one of these is a bit of a Vince Russo swerve, but I'll get to that when we get to it. Um, (laughs) And also just, I think we also get the first, this is like the first taste in this issue of some of the like religious philosophical things that are going to be happening. Because basically he's performing penance at this point, Mm -hmm. presumably Mm -hmm. for 10 years, 10 years worth of guilt, Mm -hmm. carrying this, doing what is... a match that you're just going to be a bloody mess at the end of. And if he's doing this consistently by this point, like this is the life that he is living. That's like this constantly trying to make up for this mistake in ring mistakes happen. And sadly those can be very costly, but yeah. So this is like our first taste as well in this chapter of like some of the religious implications going on. Nice. Ryan. Just one more thing. Uh, what something Brandon said there really reminded me of of this. If uh, if you're a listener out there that has not seen the movie The Wrestler with Mickey gonna, Rourke, yeah. Yeah. you should definitely go watch that because that's like um, Cobra Sun is giving off this you know Randy the Ram uh, you know vibe. So like The Wrestler is a great movie um, to kind of further this theme of like feeling the guilt of your past, you know, mistakes. Um, so yeah, that's just a 
off the, off the cuff recommendation. Yeah. We're all about sure. recommendations of systematic ecology. That is for sure. Um, yeah. So so we hop into chapter chapter three, and and there they are at at the the tournament, and they're kind of signing up, uh, Karate Kid style, and and they're starting to look around, <laughs> um, look around. Uh, yep, I love making nineteen hundreds uh, uh, pop culture references. That's what I, that's what I bring. Nineteen hundreds. Yes. Um, uh, but but I I do this aspect of this this particular. Particular, it started to dawn on me like the the um, kind of the reflection on masks and the masks we we wear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wrestling is about masks and the reveal. Who is the person under the mask? Who are they or not? The masks we wear in society. Who do we want people to see us? Who we are or not? And and even in in scripture, we see this like God is veiled that you can't see God face to face. There's something about the separation that you can't look upon God's face. And so even God is masked when you get to the end. Um, but but this understanding of mask and what is revealed or unveiled for us uh, is is pretty important, especially with this uh, apocalyptic multiverse that this um, uh, Willard uh, the necromancer has has put together, I think is, is pretty important. And so right up front, you see this conversation between Jacob and um, uncle blood and that they're all in kind of this together, this kind of family manager, family business of, of wrestling and the stakes that are there. And, you know, they argue back and forth, these real family moments. You shouldn't have told her, you shouldn't have told her um, that I told you not to, to let us, this time she doesn't know that Cobra's son is her dad, but, but they're, they're talking behind her back um, kind of scripting out what they think is best for her. Um, and then you go and you start meeting the other uh, tag team partners that are in this uh, this thing. And and yeah, you not only have like human and humanoids, but you have big orangutans like orang orangabang is the name of the tag team that they have to fight first. Um, and and so they're here in this bar when they start to fight out and 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 really go after each other. They're saved by this tag team because they're like, we want you the best of your ability. And then they're now starting to understand that this isn't a fake. This isn't scripted. This is real. There's real punching, real stuff, real stakes at hand for for this tournament. Um, and and again, some of these pl- splash pages, uh, the big the big page reveals and the action and the um, you know there's a part where where you think a puppy's going to be punched, and I'm like, no, please. And it says puppy puppy punch, and then that's when all the lighting tubes you want, but don't hit a dog. No way. So that's what really gets everybody after each other um and so yeah another another pretty big chapter as we move through this and uh you get to see the big splash page almost like a video game of street fighter of everyone's profile and the different um teams that are up there as we look over these teams fellas what jumps out at you of course you have uh orangabang and then you have pizza party um but what is what are some other names there that you like that jump out at you for those who they're gonna fight against i was was, Lucha bots. <laughs> I wanted to see the lucha bots. Like that's a no, cool no. idea. <laughs> I know. Pizza party is just ridiculous. I don't understand what's happening there. But I was curious. Could somebody tell me what FISO stands for? Um, um oh. Brandon, you want to one? Fugly, your sorry opinions. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just forget? watched Mean Girls recently. Forget, forget <laughs> your sorry. Yeah. I just watched Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're fun. Uh, I, I think the, Orion yeah, is pretty fun. The Knights, fun. that was yeah. my favorite one. They're, and I mean, I'm skipping ahead a bit, but their finisher, the like, what do they call it? Like King Arthur's Table or whatever? Yeah, King Come Arthur's Table. Yes. The like double team Canadian destroyer to the face. Get out like, of here. That, that feels physically impossible. Yeah, it feels like you actually die. Exactly. But wait, because it's real wait. here. Loser leaves planet Earth. I don't know. Like, loser leaves. <laughs> So, so this this particular um, issue, this chapter is very action packed. There's a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of slamming. There's a lot of energy flying across the page. And Daniel Warren Johnson, just a master of capturing the kinetic energy of what's going on in the ring. His art fits perfect uh, for for this kind of comic. And I don't know if this ever become a series on Netflix or a movie or not. I don't know. I kind of it's like a if they make it like Scott Pilgrim or something like that, I would love it. Uh, but uh, um, this this particular book just is. Um, absolutely amazing and then you you have willard the uh ne- necroton who's like on the corner on the sidelines just uh drooling uh and because he loves it so much and you know there's little things too like if you look in the back the crowds all the details he did not skimp on the details no. of the people who are in the crowds every face has its own expression on it i don't know how long it takes i would love to ask him how long it, it takes for him to finish a page or not mm-hmm. but but that just the details of of those who are just watching in the crowd and there's a cameo at the very end that well i'll talk about later um yeah what else about what else about this other than the um the new york slice uh oh, i was a, gonna bring that one up <laughs> i was gonna bring that okay one. I, like you know, just one thing, and then I'll, I promise I'll shut up for this issue. Uh, the way he draws Lona's moonsault is mm. beautiful. Yeah, stunning, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, but the Rangabang's finishing move, the Attenborough, the Attenborough's cradle. Again, physically, I don't know if this is possible because <laughs> it's a top rope top suplex. Rope into like a reverse cutter like mm-hmm. how how would you do that how would you i would do have that said reverse that? rko but it's okay yeah it's an R- yeah oh um, <laughs> diamond cutter <laughs> reverse cody cutter we cody want cutter. cody we want cody we want cody <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I will add on this issue is that I do like how we are forced to deal with the drama of knowing why everybody is in this tournament. Yes, that's like, what I wanted to highlight. Get, you know, like we we have to know that the reason why the orangabangs or whatever the name are is in this is because like their sister died or something and they want to bring her back. Like every yeah. person they go up against, we find out and really everybody has maybe not so much the people who are going to show up in the fourth issue, but everyone's got like really good motives for being in this tournament. And you, you kind of feel bad that some of these people lose and are therefore not going to get their loved one back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm Go with you hundred percent that that's, that part really stood out to me a lot. I mean, this, um, this particular page here where they really give into that drama after they defeat um orangabang and you know just the emotion you can see on the their faces and there's like a really moving that last panel there there's a really moving um bit where lona is you know the the two um orangutans are hugging each other in the middle of the ring you know kind of uh crunched over 
and Lona is in like in that huddle having like a group hug with them um, and like apologizing and saying like, you know, my mom, I have to get her back. You know, I have to get her back. I have to get mm-hmm. her back. So um, that like emotional moment there, I think again, um, one, it draws you in as a reader, it tugs on the heartstrings, but also I think it, it it's a good representation of the power of storytelling within professional wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, just yeah, Ryan. a wrestling nerd thing. Um, the King Arthur's table move at the end, uh, my esteemed wrestling fans, um, it is a pre-existing tag team finisher. Can you tell me the name of the tag team whose finisher it is? Is that FTR's Shatter Machine? There you go, Brandon. Hell <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry. Heck yes, please. <laughs> there you oh, go. he said a swear. Uh-oh. We've gone from oh, PG-13 to PG-14. <laughs> what do you think this is? Superpower happy hour? Get out again. <laughs> Superpower happy hour is always. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so good. We're going we're gonna to move into the, the, the middle issue, middle chapter there, chap- chapter four. And, and again, we get more backstory kind of one year before. Backstory of, of understands that we we're just talking about. We get to we discover why the stakes are high for everyone in this tournament. It's not just like we're pu- we're not just pulling for for Sun and Cobra. We are um we we are or no Steel and Cobra. Like we're we're um we're pulling for other people too. And so it's hard for you at this point in the book. Like well everybody wants to get somebody back. Who am I rooting for? Of course I want her to see her mom. Uh, but there's other people here too. So yeah there there is so much here. And it's in this here that um we then don't we have a big big learn here that their Uncle Blood shows up as a part of a part of a team. Pro pack. Pro pack. And and the fight. Oh man. Um the the fights that go on here again. So so yeah, what stands out here, y'all? Help me out here. Go go for it. Chapter chapter four. We're in the middle of this book. I can't believe we're we're four chapters in. A lot of fighting, a lot of kicking, a lot of knees to the face. Uh again. Yeah, she's like the queen of the V trigger. Yep. Yeah, dude. So oh, for me, Brandon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so for me, I have this is like my one like little gripe okay. about this book. I've I really enjoyed this book. There was something about the reveal of Uncle Blood that kind of felt like we need a reason to up the ante. So okay. let's just mm. throw them in there and then just immediately take them off the board. So I'm not trying to imply imply any kind of like lazy storytelling on the part of Daniel Warren Johnson, because, again, the detail in all of this has been very good. Just for me personally, there was something about that reveal that was like, I understand why, because we wanted to get to the main event and turn it up to 11. I don't know what else they could have done to make that bridge but there was something about this part that just kind of felt like here's the vince russo swerve from out of nowhere that are you saying you you didn't like the swerve bro (laughs) bro bro well it's it's like george lucas when he was like i am your father for for return of the jedi he's like i'm gonna have another big reveal i'm gonna reveal that luke and leia are brother and sister that'll get him to we're like what didn't you guys I'm going to up the ante and have another big moment like that. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, again, it's um, again, there's reflection on masks and what we're hiding from mm-hmm. others. Yeah. And then how yeah. when do we feel like we can share our true selves with those we trust or not or shock value or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. There's something there about about mask and masking and revealing. Um, there's a part of of this story. But but I think 
goes into our, our human story too. So that, I think that that was going there, but I definitely, I definitely hear that critique and that's, that's there. Um, and, think, then they, and then they go after it. They go, man, the fighting. Yeah. I think if it was like the Cobra Sun where we got like a little bit of a reveal earlier on, I think if there was like just one little and maybe I missed it the first read through. But if there was like a little like subtle panel at some point that implied that Uncle Blood was like aware of what was going on or something, I think I would have liked it more that way. Yeah, gotcha. But with just like the hard reveal, I was like, eh. gotcha. And then we come to find out like he he's on death's door too. Like it, there's almost yeah. a fatal, fatal thing there that kind of steps up. Oh no. Another family member uh, oh, gets wrecked. levels up, it, levels up. Can I give a shout out though? Like real quick, this panel right here, I just want to give a shout out to one of my favorite, um, you know, female superstars, Becky okay. Lynch. This mm. has hardcore Becky Lynch energy. When Becky Lynch had her nose broken and she won the match, you know, blood streaming down her face and like that, like that still of her. Uh, shout out Becky Lynch. That, sorry, the man comes that. around, Josh. The man comes around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I want to get to the other ones where, where I want to make sure we're, we're moving along. But the final page, you know, the comics, the, the reason comics get me to keep reading, because there's always this final page reveal that I was like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Whether it's the revelation of a, of a villain or, or, or a hero or something, or somebody died or in a tight situation. The final page in this chapter is Cobra Sun uh, armed up with a bat with barbed wire, with oh. a chair with barbed wire, with I want uh, this as a light. <laughs> the light, the what do you, the light bulbs, the light I mean, tubes, light, light tubes, tubes, and and what is that was in front of the light tubes? Is that like a crutch? What is that? I don't even know. What uh, that, that is, is. a ken, is a Singapore stick. cane or a kendo yeah, stick. Kendo yes. sticks, well, and he's got a now. bat like a bis. Yeah. So so <laughs> yeah. there he's ready. He's like he's seen enough. Uncle Blood, others is like, all right, we're gonna go win this thing and, and we're gonna cool. do it. So the next chapter is again another another flashback of what's going up. Oh, I think Ryan. Ryan just threw a flag on the field. Okay. I was just gonna say uh, let's go to the teleprompter. Son, let's go to the teleprompter. He walks out of this issue looking like he just graduated from uh, from Terry Funk's dojo. Uh, <laughs> like he is he is suited and booted and ready to make someone bleed. Boom! Boom. I'm glad you got that in, Ryan. I'm glad you got that in. Thanks, buddy. Nailed um, it. Uh, nailed it. And so, so again, you see, you see, like the stakes and and things going on, and they they're hop hop into the ring to fight some more. What's this final match? Where are they going against? He's trying to bait us, guys. He's trying yeah. to bait us into saying this. What? Who, who are they fighting against, y'all? Who, who is it? Uh, am I allowed to say it or no? The people no, from the bar. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, so here you, you had the final match, and and really the fifth fifth chapter is is this is the big reveal that that. Um, Lona now sees that there's an unmasking that happens and uh, Kerber son's mask is pulled off and she looks and sees that it's her dad with a small, well, it's not like dad. It is a small little word bubble with the, the word dad is very, very small with a small question mark, dad, almost like a whisper. And the, the, how that's captured onto the panel is it's unbelievable. You can hear her say it and how she says it uh, masterful. Um, but, but yeah. And then, and then at the end of this, not only the big reveal, but then you have um you know, forget your so-called opinions um uh as as <laughs> so the, the winners 
as the as the winners of this match. But then we come to find out that they both want something, and so then they have to fight each other, not just a tag team, but they're the ones. So so uh, you you have Steel um, and and Cobra who kind of take the loss, they take the L, and they're like, all right, um, we're out there, so to watch this other match go on, and and what happens there. Go for it. Okay, well, I guess I'll just talk. I thought we was going to keep going. Um, just real quick. So was I the only one? So Lona does the senton off of the ladder through the guy through the table. And on commentary, the guy was like, I've never seen that before. Bro, have you never watched Jeff Hardy? That's like per match. Every, That's like every does. match. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I've never seen that. Continue. <laughs> with with the uh the ridiculousness of wrestling i love one of the one of the first few pages and panels in this issue we see one of the uh fyso members like their reason to fight but then we see we cut to the you know the the, the general manager's office in the back and oh my gosh Hilbert's son's back there and he wants a match with fyso tonight and he's like, the stipulation is, I got to read this because it's a mouthful. Yeah. A no disqualification, barbed wire, ladder, falls, count anywhere, death match. Bah, 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 bah. The most, like, EC dub, EC dub, yeah, right. EC dub. <laughs> like that, that, this is Paul like. Paul Hyman's wet dream. Paul who? Heyman? I thought you said Paul. Nope, Paul E. Nope. Dangerously? I did not hear Heyman. I heard a different similar <laughs> word. Um, uh, so, so, Jeezy, crazy. Sorry, late, I'll, see myself, I'll, just, I'll see myself out. I'll see myself out. The match is brutal. Like, the barbed wire bats, it's, I mean, gosh, there's a chain involved at one point. Like, it, it's just, the when, my favorite part was when, Frank does the Boston Crab on Cobra Sun with the thumbtacks. In the thumbtacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like, you would never see that on, like, WWE or AEW or New Japan. Like, you would have to go to, like, a, a backyard wrestling, you know, like, <laughs> event in, wrestling. in Kentucky for that. Game Changer Pro. Which, by the way, Lona wears a Game Changer wrestling shirt in this issue. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. That's all. No, no, no. That's good. I, stuff. I think um, you know, the the whole whole bit of like leveling up to the next next thing. And I and I do we're right, we're reading comics, right? This isn't like real. Uh and there's things that happen in the ring that you can make it, but yeah, they they keep leveling up, and that's why it's fit for something like this. And someone just listening halfway through this, like, are they talking about real matches that happened? And they're like, no, no, <laughs> we're reading a comic book and talking about this. But the action from panel to panel and page to page again is amazing. So so yeah, it's like Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That match had for me like reminiscent of the Edge Mick Foley match at WrestleMania yeah. with the the thumbtacks. Like, come on now! The only thing it was missing was a flaming table. I was ready oh, for it. Yeah. I was ready for it. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. We were a flaming yeah. table away from perfection. We were a flaming table away. God <laughs> <Yes>, damn it! <laughs> that is the name of this episode. Daniel Warren Johnson through a powerbomb is a flaming table away from perfection. From perfection. <laughs> Please. The official endorsement him. from Somebody SG on the, on the yes. yeah, the back Brandon. of the graphic novel uh, wow. has uh, Brandon Knight, a flaming <laughs> table away from perfection. All right, let's get the, the chat. Here we go. Story. 
Yeah, there you get more like Uncle Blood and uh, Jacob backstory. Again, remember the dad's name is Jacob. Uh, we're gonna. There's a big reveal at the end of this one where where literally uh, God shows up, and so yeah, Jacob, God. I, second reading of this book, I've realized that the dad's name is Jacob, and here comes God later. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Um, so 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 yeah. Um, as we lead to the to the final reveal on the final page of literal God showing up, um, who's masked by the way? We don't see God's face. Uh, um, what what is your this is the penultimate um, issue. What what do you what do you see in here? What what is jumping out that you can't believe that this is happening in this story? Ryan. So what I love about the reveal of God is how God is revealed. Like he's like the ultimate mega boss, and because <laughs> they love like Jacob loves his wife so much and misses her so much, Lona feels like her mom was stolen from her. They're like, okay, two on one match with God, bring it freaking on. Like they are so willing to take their hopelessness into this scenario and be like, if this is what we've got to do to get her back, this is what we've got to do. And I love that. Like Dana Warren Johnson writes, this is like, they were never going to win this ever. Like they lose their last two matches. Like if, if you were a wrestler and you're like on your way to the big match, if you lose at the Royal Rumble and you lose at WrestleMania, you are not like considered like a great wrestler at the end. But I love <laughs> that, like I love that God is this unbeatable opponent and they just walk into it like, hey, we gotta walk into the belly of the beast. We're gonna do it. Yep. And, and, and they they go up the, the the escalator and they go to the top and they end up going to Heaven's Gate Pro, uh, and and they go there's like it's of course not, it's called it's, Heaven's Gate Pro. It's it's not a was that I said of course it's called Heaven's of Gate course, Pro. Like what else would it be called? What else could it be called? And there's a crowd and you you go you go there and and people are chanting. God, 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 from the crowd. Again, look at the, he didn't skimp on one face in the crowd. And he's like, sun and steel. I've watched the entirety of the Death Live tournament. You are most impressive. And uh, and now it's time. And again, the flashbacks in the panels going back to family and tender moments between mother and child, dad and and child and and masking and unvasive. Jacob literally takes his sees his daughter for the first time with the mask on. Right. And then he and then he takes the mask off so that he can look on his child without the mask on. And and so what is that that saying? I, I love that this this existential questions, as, as Josh said at the beginning of this. Um, smacks of or alludes to uh, what's going on in Job. Like there's questions. Why are these things happening? Um, uh, and and God doesn't give a definitive answer uh, in the book of Job. And the fact that Job, even like his friends are quoting Proverbs and he's like, nope, that's not, that's not hitting right with me right now at all. So, so the fact that the, the people who put the canon together put Proverbs and Job next right next to each other so they can have a wrestling match of themselves of, of how life works. Um, I, I think is, is pretty poignant and, and, um, and something that I've been leaning to over the last few years as well. Um, so yeah, go back and read Genesis chapter 32 and, and see what's going on there. The mystery of a, of a veiled, uh, divine being is an angel. Is it God? We don't know. Yeah. But it walks away with a limp, um, and a new person. So, 
uh, yeah, all that in there is absolutely, I did not even see God coming. Like, I was like, what? Even when I turned to that, like, I, I was just Most like, don't Ooh. will they just catch, you know, God's back or whatever, as they hide in a rock, as God passes by. You That's know? right. We've read, right. The, we've read the freaking book. <laughs> we read the freaking book. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Did you yeah. see this coming? Did you know that God was coming around the corner? So unfortunately I did because I am a regular listener to the podcast I fanboy and they loved this this series. Yeah. So yeah. I knew the reveal that was coming the whole time. Still liked it. Uh pretty sure the referee is Jesus. Just look at the referee on the big <laughs> splash page. Like that's Jesus, right? Um I like that God is wearing a mask. <laughs> As opposed to like what we've been seeing with Cobra Sun of like he's like hiding and is having like this identity thing. I think God wearing a mask kind of goes back to what we were just saying a moment ago of the hiding his glory. Like it's not yeah. a wrestling mask. It's like yeah. that looks like steel or something. Uh-huh. You know, also weird detail that I enjoyed. God is referred to in a plural pronoun. They. Yes. Yeah. They. Yep. Uh-huh. Which I like that. Yep. I like this yep. Brandon guy. I know. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so looking at Jesus, ref, 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 Jesus, ref Jesus. on his like, it says H J P W. I'm trying to figure out if there's a hint there, but I guess not. Is Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Gate Pro Wrestling. It's Heaven's Gate Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Oh, dang it! Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like that too. Um, you know, I, I try not to use male or, or female pronouns for God when I preach. Like I always say, God's self or things like that, not to allude to that. The thing you, you may notice in my in my preaching that I'll do that, and I, I like it. They say they. I mean, they use that in Genesis too, at the beginning of Genesis. So Dan, Daniel's onto something there about. Um, you know, although the muscles are ripping, you know, you can't really tell the gender uh, is is, uh, you know, the face is veiled. The body could be somewhat male, but it, maybe not because there's there's a ton of people who are super ripped, male or female. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> we also keep coming back to the hashtag Raya Ripley. <laughs> that. Oh, Jordan Grace too. Uh, we keep coming Jordan back to Grace. the Genesis 32. I did a deep dive on that passage for a sermon <laughs> I preached a couple times last year, and it is really interesting when you get into when you get past like the uh, Christian teachings on it and get more into like rabbinical literature on the passage because it's it actually adds to the like mystery and the confusion, but also keeps settling back on this, like the main focus of this story of, you know, not who is this person that Jacob's wrestling with, but like, this is the climax of Jacob's story of just constantly battling everything around him to get what he wants. And now he is desperate to try. I mean, this is clearly I don't know if Daniel Warren Johnson, I, I guess I can't speculate on his like religious views at all. But like it would not surprise me if he spent some time here in the construction of this story, because it like yeah. Yeah, it just really comes out here. And I, and I go back to that all the time. Like, I, I think when, again, I'm, I'm, my, my setting for ministry is, is on a college campus. And so I have students mm-hmm. coming all the time trying to ask or ask questions and wrestling with whether they have the right 
believe or not, or whether they should or not believe, or what questions they have or shouldn't ask. And I and I ask all the time, like, yeah, your professors are asking for for assignments to be turned in and to write essays. But when when you go to meet God or face God face to face, God's not going to ask for a term paper. Um, God's not going to ask for you to, to give you a test and say check off this multiple uh, choice test. Is no, it's, you're going to get a hug. You're not going to get a test. You're going to get a hug. And so I, I think that's important. Um, that the wrestling part is is a big part of us, whether we're wrestling with family, our life, ourselves, our own mask that we wear, or or God, uh, God's self. Then that's pretty. That's pretty pretty um, important. And I think Daniel did some homework here when it comes to wrestling and. Um, how to interpret Genesis chapter um, 32. And then Eric says here, the inter- does the internet realize the perfectness, perfectness of the panelists on the stream comics plus God plus wrestling? Yeah. I don't, I don't think they can handle it. I don't think the internet's not ready. They're not ready. It's not ready. They're not ready. But I, um, can I make one more comment on this before we skip, Absolutely. you know, end this issue? Um, th- Cause like, this is really where the like, I lo- so I loved this whole thing before and I was like vibing with like the violence and the, you know, wrestling stuff. But <laughs> this is where the philo- philosophical and theological mind of Josh like was peaked, um, like interest. You got it. Um, so the necromancer character up to this point, you know, they're like, oh, cool. We're going to get mom back. Right. And then it turns out that homeboy was lying. Like he doesn't <gasps> actually, he doesn't actually have the power to do the thing. Yep. And so, um, you know, one could riff here theologically on like, oh, like, you know, the lies of death are just that they're empty lies. Right. Or we could maybe seek, uh, you know, an allusion to like the temptations of, of Jesus in the desert, right. Where, uh, the Satan, Asatan is giving, you know, Jesus, these temptations, or for me, like, if I'm going to go philosophical, there's this concept, this idea of the myth of the sacred object, which I think drives a whole lot of stuff. I think it drives um, specific forms of Christianity. I think it drives something like capitalism in this country. Mm. And it's the idea that there is this object that exists, that if only we got that, then we would be whole, then we would be satisfied, then our life would be complete. And the problem is whenever we get to set object, it evaporates and there's something new. It becomes an artifact once we grasp mm. it. And so the myth of the sacred object is just that. It's a myth. It's an illusion. It keeps us going and moving. And so to me, the necromancer was holding this sacred object in okay. front of, um, you know, uh, Cobrasan and Lona, yep. um, something that they thought if they could get back, then, you know, then things would be good. And uh, as soon as they grasp it, it evaporates and they realize Ugh. like that wasn't the thing. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm vibing with this. <laughs> I was going to throw Here an air out there, but I didn't want to distract from what the, the, the poetic, um, uh, Theo poetics you just threw out there for, for forgives. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So good. So good. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, and I think that that's in scripture as well, but this whole, like, wrestling match with God, the final issue and, and what they're asking for and seeking for, um, you know, did, I didn't know I was, was she going to get her mom back? Were they going to live happily ever after at the end? Um, I don't want to skip over the last two issues as much like Ryan, is there are panels or something going on there as we head to the end and the final conversation between God and, and, and Lona, I think is pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. 
I don't have any theopoetics in my back pocket here, so I'm just going to give you what I know. And what I know is that God's moveset is peak. He hits a Tiger Driver 98, and then, you know, this might be a little theopoetic, but he hits a crucifix suplex, which was that was hilarious to read. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like just again, I love that. I love how God is depicted here. Brandon hit on so many good parts of how God is shown and not shown. And Josh, I mean, Josh says things so eloquently. I have to listen to Rethinking Faith on half speed. I don't get the, (laughs) you know, I listen to him and Trip Fuller on the same speed. Um, And it's 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 like the ghost of trip is here with us um so i love i love i love how this ends um are we are we jumping to the to the very end will because my favorite part was was at the end yeah 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 i think what what is the the definition there the pillars of golgotha so uh brandon i see what you did there the hot finish uh was um that we we see a, a memory completely restored to Lona about death and what happens after death and what really is the function of death in our story. And Yuya appears and tells her basically it's, it's just like, you know, the matches are predetermined. So is our death. Like we're all going to die. And I love at the end where Cobra Sun and Lona are hugging in the middle of the ring and, you know, they, they don't really want the God belts. Um, they just want Yuya back and you pan over and Yuya's in the audience. And she says, that's my girl. Oh, come on. I cry every time I read that. Yep. Me too. It's yeah. so, it's so, oh, keep it systematic. <laughs> it is so freaking good. Like, I'm sorry that we had to spoil it to break it down. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's, it's a powerful way to end this book. And, and I think I lean into, again, like at the end of Job, there, there's, there's consider the heavens. There's the um, look beyond yourself at the different animals. And, and were you there when I created this or that? But there's no like definitive answer of like why this happened to Job. And it's an open-ended question. And, um, and even with Jacob wrestling with, with God, it, it ended open. There wasn't like a true winner. Uh, there were, there were still things that, that went on there that that's kind of open-ended and there's more, more wrestling to come. It's not over. They didn't live happily ever after. You never find, and they lived happily ever after in, in the scriptures. Um, and so, so I think, um, that, that is pretty, sounds like a depressing book. I know, I know. But <laughs> when it comes to the whole panel where they made God bleed. I mm-hmm. think is, is pretty important. There's a point where they're wrestling and God's winning, but there's a point where it says, um, and they made God bleed. And so I can't help on the doorstep of, of the season of Lent and getting into Holy Week. There, there is, there is um, something about this making God bleed uh, that, that humanizes uh, the whole story and where God shows solidarity with the human condition um, mm-hmm. in, in that. So I think that's a pretty important. And I will say at the very, this game spoiler folks, the final page there at the very bottom, the guy with the blonde hair um, with kind of parted in the middle there at the bottom. Uh, that is, that is the character from uh, murder Falcon. 
Uh, so uh, there he is, Murder Falcon character there in heaven, uh, watching the match. So I maybe maybe heaven is you just guys watching a bunch of wrestling matches. I guess what I'm <laughs> let's go. That sounds panel a lot is the like heaven to me. <laughs> yeah, that panel is the crucifixion. Well, that when I saw that, and then there was a bit where they commented on it's like, oh, they made God bleed, and he's like, yeah, that hasn't happened in a while. It's yeah. the it's the freaking crucifixion like <laughs> and the, it's the incarnation and crucifixion in a freaking wrestling comic book it's wild in that wild um that but i figured hey i figured something out i'm very excited um can i say it real quick and then i'll promise i won't mention this again okay i've been trying to figure out this entire conversation and earlier today how the author of this comic book is secretly an open theist or a process relational thinker. And (laughs) I have figured it out. I have it. I have it. So there's a bit where at the end, you know, obviously they lose when they wrestle with God, which the fact that they can wrestle with God is already an open and relational concept because the divine has the ability to affect somebody and also be affected. That's not, Hmm. you know, classical theism. That's, that's impassibility and insufferability like or and, um, whatever Preach, anyway. Jay Patty. Uh, here we so, go <laughs> but what's crazy to me is so at the end you know they you know god wins obviously because even if god the god in process who some people call weak they're wrong uh god is still the most powerful and um god wins and there's this bit where lona's like i just want my mom back and yeah. god's like uh, I wish I could give that, you know, I wish I could give you what you ask for, uh, but I can't. And at first, and then like he go, uh, God goes on, he in this case, to restore uh, Lona's memory unilaterally, which would break my process theory. But here's where I think it makes sense. In process thinking, there's this thing called objective immortality and subjective immortality. Objective immortality is the idea that all of uh, creation, you and I, et cetera, live on within the divine memory forever, right? So because as within process thought, God is in time with us and is constantly learning in each moment of becoming. And so this conversation now exists within the divine memory objectively forever, (laughs) right? And will continue to impact the divine. So does Lona's bomb. There's a concept within process thinking called prehension. It is a subconscious feeling is the word that gets used a lot by Whitehead. So in each moment of becoming, we are prehending the past. The past meets us in each moment of becoming. We feel it. And then like we make our decisions based off of that and it keeps happening. So seeing Lona's mom in heaven is like seeing Lona's mom existing objectively within the divine mind forever okay and in each moment of lona's becoming lola's mom exists objectively for lona to prehend to feel in each moment of her becoming if she has eyes to see and that's why daniel warren johnson is a process relational (laughs) amen god is amazing this is awesome. Oh, yeah. We read this, <laughs> this all came from awesome. a comic book. There we go. It came Sorry. from a comic book. I thought we were just <laughs> reading the happen. funny books. I thought we were just reading the funny <laughs> books. Go read God Can't. Uh, you still got it. Um, you still got it. You still got it. Love of God. 
Um, there you go. Brandon has a counterpoint or a point or or a, something he wants to do off the top turnbuckle. Not a <laughs> off top turnbuckle. Yeah, I've been learning some wrestling moves with my new job. Uh, I was going to say. I am admittedly the more conservative theologian of the four of us. I will admit that. Um, and I'm not here to debate anything you said. I just wanted to say thanks for explaining all of that because I don't really know process theology very much. I don't really right. hang with you your like shows very often. I've been meaning yeah, to yeah. get more into them, honestly. Um, so yeah, I just appreciate the explanation. Uh, again, more conservative in my views, but also more existential. So there were some times yes, where I was like, okay, yeah, I could see, I could see that. I get that. So that's all. Yeah, I, I, I like that there. Yeah, hop over Rethinking Faith, a lot of process. I, I don't know if Daniel Warren Johnson will, will claim that label, but I would, maybe he'll listen to this. Maybe we can reach out in a message. I know he's a busy man. He's got a lot of <laughs> he's work. He's going to be at France. Theology Beer Camp this he year. Could be, oh, there you go. Bro. Daniel Warren Johnson. <laughs> Just, yeah. Y'all, yeah. Need, to y'all need to bring that up here by Chicago so I can get to it. I know. I know. So, so good, y'all. Um, Yeah, all this to say. Yeah, we like comics, we like wrestling. And here, this <laughs> book is why we are right here together to talk theology, to talk comics, to talk wrestling. It all comes together in this like pretty pivotal uh, story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 32. And then this book illustrates um, th- those questions that it lifts up. So I, I, I applaud um, that as well, uh, Josh. Very well said. And uh, I think I think you're right. I don't... Um, yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson. We need to hear from you. Did you study Tom Ward, um, or or the original Hebrew of Genesis thirty-two? I don't know. <laughs> Have you um, read Process and Reality? <laughs> Process and Reality by by Whitehead. I don't know. Um, uh, closing closing thoughts, y'all. Overall, of course, we love this book. Go read it. That's what we're going to recommend. Um, but and I, I'm going to make this episode just a slight longer because, uh, y'all, we're gonna we're gonna reveal our finishing move. If we had one finishing move in our wrestling, oh, what, what what would we pick? And it, and it can't be like an over explained kind of thing. I'll start. I'll start. Mine's going to be, it's called the Chili Willy. And that's going to be like the Barry <laughs> oh. Wyndham claw on somebody's face. <laughs> oh, and then okay. I'm going to lift them up in the air and slam them on their back. And it's called the Chili Willy. They're going to be out cold. So there you go. That's my finishing move. <laughs> I, I thought that was that, all right. Never, I thought that was going to get a lot more, uh, we're, this a lot is, more attitude. This is not arrow, a geekology. Like. No, we're not. Yeah, That's no right. more. We That's don't know Mahoney. I'll here. just say that. Yeah, there right. Exactly. <laughs> we're there. There's all right. Right. Viscera, I was feeling some real viscera, viscera energy <laughs> from. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The clock. I want my Ready? finisher to be the power bomb, but due to my size. Uh, I would. I'm a shorter fella, so I would say Shawn Michaels' "Sweet Chin Music," not the super kick. Yes. "Sweet Chin Music." Nice. None of this Young Bucks garbage where you have to right. hit 15 of them to put someone <laughs> right. down. Tuning up the band, taking care. I was going to say, are you doing the whole thing? You got the oh, tuning yeah. up the band. That all oh, right, yeah. nailed it. All right, Josh, Heck how yeah. how you how you um how you win in your match. So I too am a small individual. I am five five and weigh all of 130 pounds. Um, okay, Spike so Dudley. I, <laughs> I so you are the I finisher. Hit. We'll just throw you. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, what I used to do. So we did like trampoline wrestling in middle school at uh, Campus Life, which is like huh. Youth for Christ stuff. Nice. And my best friend Alex is a much larger individual, and 
one of our moves that we would do when we actually fought each other, much like can do a power bomb, is he would Irish whip me into people and I would drop kick them. Um, and it was wonderful. And um, okay, any anywho, um, I need something <laughs> that I can pull out of anywhere that's quick and doable for a person of any size. And I know it sounds like a cop out, but I'm hitting an RKO all freaking day. And if it's not an RKO, then it's a spear. But I feel like if I spear someone who's bigger than me, I'm just going to bounce off of them like a teddy bear. Sure. So I need an RKO. Boom. Sorry. Yeah. Ryan. <laughs> so uh, I have a I have a another uh, physical thing that keeps me from actually saying the move I want to choose. <laughs> Uh, I would love to be able to hit a fireman's carry into a cutter. That would be amazing. Um, mm. I don't know if that's even a move. It's almost like it's almost like a like a reverse burning hammer. But the burning hammer is cool too. Um, I Brandon referenced this earlier. I think a V trigger looks so good. Oh. And for those <laughs> of you who aren't wrestling fans that are like V trigger, is this you know? Our, is systematic ecology going in a content direction that I can't approve of anymore? <laughs> the V trigger is a running knee strike on a like prone opponent that's like on their knees or like they're getting up, you know, from the ground and you just smash your knees straight into like their temple. The V trigger looks so good, mastered by the amazing Kenny Omega. So, so do you think it's better than a shining wizard? Which Wait, is hold very on. much the, just... very very similar move, yes? Because I don't no. think in a shining wizard it's a kick, it's a kick, not a knee, right? I think I, I misrepresented wrong. the V trigger. <laughs> We're taking away your wrestling credentials. You're out of here. You're out. No, You're, out. You're cut. <laughs> cut from the four. I'll, well, I'll just say so, running running knee. Running knee. Running knee. There you go. I love it. Well, I, I think from from this particular episode, I'm going to walk away with a limp, y'all. Um, I, I will see what happens, uh, how I get to my car or not. Uh, Ryan Lux. <laughs> we we did That's we effectively did an For Iron Man match tonight, ring. guys. We threw away Iron Man match. <laughs> yeah, ah, we did. I love it. Well, it's an hour and forty minutes. It's going to be on YouTube. Uh, we'll God. have. We'll have uh, tens of people that will watch this, I hope, at some point. And uh, this will be an episode we share with our friends. Go read Do a Powerbomb by Daniel Warren Johnson. Read his other works. If you have want uh, recommendations of what to read out in the comic book world, you're like, wow, that sounds pretty deep. It's not just a book for kids or funny books or whatever. Uh, Brandon and I, Ryan and others, we have suggestions that we can give you. Smash the like button, share with your friends. And uh, Chili Willie says... Share the faith, share the geek. Hi, uh, my name is TJ. I'm here to tell you about the Systematic Ecology Shop. That's where we post all of our merch. It is hosted on uh, Creator Spring, and we have a ton of really cool merch uh, mostly clothing we have hats extra soft t-shirts sweaters hoodies and more our hosts wear them all the time it's actually super comfy uh, we have glassware mugs which everybody loves a good mug fill out your cupboard get rid of some old ones which is the part that i never do that's why i have too many cups uh, we have cloth bags posters uh, and this it's really stuff we like to put our icons on there we like to put quotes uh, things we come up with uh, and it's cool. It's a cool way 
and a lot of it is pretty subtle too, uh, to show support for one of your favorite shows. And my personal favorite is actually our SG dad cap, which I've, <laughs> I haven't been reluctant to buy it because now I have to wear hats at work and then I get tired of wearing hats, but it's really cool. It's really understated. It is our logo right here. And then it says systematic ecology on the back. It's great. It's a really good hat. We have a few of them floating around, uh, Check it out. And if we could all just rock the, the SG dad cap in public, I think that'd be pretty sweet. If you love our show, you can follow the whole network in a single feed on Spotify at Anazara Ministry Podcast or the network page on Apple Podcasts. There you'll find shows like The Homely, The Whole Church Podcast, My Seminary Life, Let Nothing Move You, Dummy for Theology, The Bible After Hours, as well as mine and my husband's show, The Clies, where my husband Taylor and I go through weekly discussions in a devotional conversational method to help us all get closer to one another and God.